A cold case is an unsolved criminal investigation which remains open pending the discovery of new evidence. When they go unsolved long enough, people start to forget. People forget long enough what was once an act of investigation into a life stolen goes into stasis. Our morning shows are tonight. Seems like it just happened yesterday. A community on edge. That's exactly what happened to Jody. She was happy and laughing one minute, and then the next minute, you know, she was gone. Well, did she just walk away from her son and family and disappear, or did something more sinister happen? This is Reexamined, a podcast focusing on cold cases in Canada. I'm your host, Kendra. Let's get started. Hi, examiners. Welcome back. Today, we're going to go to Smithers, British Columbia, and we're going to talk about Ramona Wilson. Ramona is Gitan First Nations. She was 16 years old at the time of her disappearance. She was last seen at her family home in Smithers, British Columbia on June 11, 1994. Ramona was born on February 15, 1978. Ramona was a spiritual person. She expressed a desire to reconnect to the culture and traditions of the Gitan people. Ramona was also described as responsible and the one to always help friends. Matilda Wilson, Ramona's mother, can be quoted saying, Ramona used to jump into my bed because she had a nightmare or something, and then we'd talk into the night. Oh, Ramona, you have to go to sleep now because it's because you have school tomorrow. Ramona loved writing and sharing poetry with her mother. At age 12, Ramona told her mom she wanted to be a psychologist, and she wanted to be the first person in her family to attend university. She played on a baseball team as an outfielder. She also worked at Smitty's as a dishwasher. Matilda Wilson married young, had five children, and she was widowed by age 23. Seven years later, in a new relationship, she found herself trying and failing to have another child. Eventually, the doctors told her that she was no longer able to conceive, but one morning, a few years later after that, she started throwing up. When she thought at first was a flu bug, it actually turned out to be Ramona, her youngest child, and a great surprise. (laughs) Uh, She had really curly hair, and and, uh, uh, she had beautiful eyes, brown eyes. The night that Ramona disappeared was a big weekend, as it marked the weekend of big grad parties. All the teens were expected to stay out all night, talking and chatting with their friends and celebrating their graduation. Ramona left in a good mood Saturday night, singing and dancing while getting ready with friends. She left at 9, 9.45, presumably to meet her best friend, Crystal Granke. She talked to some neighbors on the way out. Crystal was attending her brother's grad party and planning to meet Ramona in Hazleton, a town 70 kilometers from then. Ramona never showed up, and Crystal assumed the plans had changed, and she went to meet her boyfriend in Morristown. Smithers to Hazleton is 55 minutes. Smithers to Morris is 24 minutes. Hazleton to Morristown is 31 minutes. 
Brenda Wilson had this to say about her sister's disappearance. Yeah, it was just devastating to, to know something terrible had happened to her. And, you know, we knew something terrible happened to her because she would have called home. Ramona can be described as kind and compassionate, and again, she never turned down a chance to help people, and it's devastating that her life was taken. Ramona's disappearance was taken very hard by the family, as the whole family was very tragic. I'm so happy that there was another girl in the family. She just, you know, really brought a lot of joy to our family, and all my brothers, you know, just cherished her. They would be very protective of her and, you know, keep tabs on where she was. And... On Sunday morning, the night after the party, Ramona's boyfriend called looking for her. Matilda says she was with Crystal. Matilda called Crystal, realizing she wasn't there. And from there, they realized something was terribly wrong. Crystal tried calling Smitty, but her shift was the next day, so they waited for then. When Ramona did not show up for work on Monday morning, Matilda went straight to the RCMP to report her missing. They were indifferent, and an officer told her to give it some time. She was probably just unhappy at home and had run off, and she'd reappear sometime soon. The family did not wait and started searching on their own, calling family, putting up flyers, and searching around. The missing persons report was finally launched two days after Ramona was missing. The following week, Ramona's paycheck was not cashed, her bank account was not touched, her home possessions were also untouched. The RCMP started looking for her now and started looking quick. The RCMP is said to have followed all leads, including the rumor of her attending a party, a run-in with a group of local men in a truck, and a visit to an unknown apartment complex, but to date, no arrests or no suspects have been named. What is devastating in this case, however, is that Ramona's fundraiser did not take off like the family wanted it to. However, another fundraiser for another local woman named Melanie Carpenter did take off. She was white and Ramona was First Nations. This infuriated the family and Ramona's supporters. About 10 months later, the Missing Children's Society of Canada got involved. They had much at their disposal. They started with posters, campaigns, forensic artists, dog teams, helicopters. They even raised Ramona's reward money to $10,000. And two days later, after this reward money was raised, her body was found. Ramona's body was found on April 9th, 1955. Some locals found her body in a wooded area west of Smithers Airport. They were ATVing. Two teens were four-wheeling in an area off Gaelic Road near some rugby fields nine minutes from the Smithers. This was a popular partying place for teenagers. Their ATV became stuck in the mud, so they headed to find some sticks to get their ATV free. The boys discovered her body almost 11 months later. Beside her body was yellow rope, nylon cables. Her clothing, leggings, and purple sweatshirt were found nearby, but her shoes were never found. Her clothing apparently was neatly placed by her body. 
Any forensic evidence that would have been on Ramona was destroyed because her body was sitting out in the open for 10 months, exposed to the elements. Beside Ramona's body were yellow rope and three nylon white cables. It is said that the murder likely took place in the same spot that her body was found. I think it is extremely interesting and extremely important to note that an anonymous caller suggested that she was behind the Smithers Airport, where a party allegedly took place. However, the police could not find this caller afterwards, and the caller never came forward. Devastatingly, Ramona's family had to identify her clothing. It is quoted that Brenda said, My mom, auntie, and cousin went into that room. She explained that the police had her clothes laid out on brown paper. Brenda also went into the room, as dozens of other family members waited outside the police station. Brenda is also quoted saying, I could smell the earth on her clothes. The colors were faded, but the clothes were hers. That day, Ramona Wilson joined the ranks of the many and missing and murdered Indigenous women, a list that today holds more than 1,200 names. After finding Ramona's body, there were a lot of leads generated, and they were all followed, supposedly stated by the RCMP. However, no suspects and no arrests have ever been made. But because of Ramona's case, a lot has happened with EPANA. EPANA is a task force designed to look at the cases on the Highway of Tears. The Highway of Tears is a 720-kilometer stretch of highway and it's Highway 16, and it's also broken many hearts. The Highway of Tears is a very isolated 720-kilometer stretch of highway between Prince George, Prince Rupert, and, and British Columbia. The highway has been the location of many murders and disappearances beginning as early as the 1970s. Indigenous women make up the majority of these victims, with almost all of their cases going unsolved and their families still searching for answers. In response to some commonalities between three murder cases, Alicia Germain, Roxanne Sierra, and Ramona, Ramona Wilson, the British Columbia RCMP's Unsolved Homicide Unit created the EPANA Task Force in the fall of 2005 to investigate other cases of murdered and missing women and girls in the area along Highway 16. This project was named in part after an Inuit word describing the spirit goddess that looks after souls just before they go to heaven or are reincarnated. The RCMP uses three criteria when reviewing the cases of missing and murdered women to determine whether they should be included in Project EPANA's investigations. The first criteria is if the victim was involved in high-risk activity that would expose them to danger, such as hitchhiking or being involved in street trade or prostitution. The second criteria is the victim was last seen or their body was discovered within one mile of British Columbia's Highway 16. In 2007, this was broadened to include Highway 97 and Highway 5. The third and final criteria is their female. The task force was created as a result of the E-Division criminal operations, ordering the review and investigations of a series of unsolved murders with links to Highway 16, infamously dubbed the Highway of Tears. 
The purpose of this investigation was to determine if a serial killer or killers is responsible for murdering young women traveling along major highways in BC. To date, they still won't state or tell the public whether it is killers, one killer, a group of killers, or a serial killer. The EPANA task force had this to say about Ramona's case. The Ramona Wilson case continues to be a, a very active case. Um, um, she's a young girl at the time that uh, she went missing. Um, you know, like all of them, they're all, they're all still very solvable. Um, we haven't got any closer, unfortunately. But, you know, what we have done is we've eliminated many, many, many people. And it's a, it's a, it's a shallow victory, but, it, but it's something. It's been almost three decades since Ramona was killed, and violence against Indigenous women and girls has not slowed down. Despite making up only 4% of the Canadian population, Indigenous women are 12 times more likely to be murdered or go missing than any other woman in Canada, and 16 times more likely to go missing than a white woman. Brenda is quoted saying, I believe if Ramona was white, she'd still be here, she says, adding that to her, racism is just normal and an everyday thing. It's a part of life for me, she reflects, but it's not something I want for our future generations to live in. I'm not going to be silent. I'm going to walk proud. We don't need to be treated like this. We have the right to be here and the right to be safe. Since Ramona's body has been found, the family organizes a memorial walk every June to highlight the injustices that Indigenous women face, specifically the Highway of Tears. The family had this to say. Tears was, was to let people know that, that we're going to be uh, standing there every June to let people know not to forget the loved ones that, that have been murdered or not found. We try to involve everybody so that, you know, there's collaboration of people, you know, bringing them together so that they don't forget about, you know, Ramona's case and that there's still no answers and that there's more and more women going missing. And it, I think it's a really good way to bring that awareness. When I was going through this for 10 months, um, I'm just imagining what these parents are going through. They, they haven't found their loved ones. It was so hard. It's so difficult. I pray for them every day, even though uh, uh, my, my daughter's murder hasn't been solved. But uh, that's the hardest, the most difficult to go through is, is when you haven't found them yet. Matilda and Brenda are both in favor of a federal inquiry along the Highway of Tears. She feels as if the victims of Highway 16 are not being taken seriously along with other missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls. Out of the many cases of missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls along Highway 16, the task force has chosen 18 to focus on, Ramona's case included, because they follow those three criteria listed before. However, Highway 16 was not much of a priority until 2002, when Nicole Four went missing. She's Caucasian. Evidently enough, EPANA is focusing on cases from 1969 to 2002. Ramona's family 
follows closely on disappearances on Highway 16, and they are advocates for missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls because they know firsthandedly what the experience is like. It's also to be noted that the items found around Imamo's body were quoted as organized. Does that mean they're deliberately put or organized there? Were they organized by the killer? There's also a theory that a drunk driver hit Ramona and hid her body to hide the truth. None of these theories, however, have been confirmed, and to date, there have not been any suspects or persons of interest named, nor have there been any arrests ever made in Ramona's case. I think it's also interesting to note that Ramona's best friend, Crystal, was one of the last people to see Delphine before she vanished as well, another case that EPANA is following closely. This experience has happened more than once to Crystal. How, as Canadian citizens, are we letting this happen over and over and over again? Ramona's remains were hidden where most of the girls were dumped along the roadsides. It's nearly impossible to solve her case with no DNA or leads, and that's why we need to talk about it. It should be noted that when Ramona's family was going through this experience, there were no support groups or no resources like there are today to support families of missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls. Ramona's family, especially Brenda, are huge advocates of these supports for missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls because this experience is very common more common than you know, and it affects more families than you know. The family has went full forward with advocacy. There's dozens of cases not listed with EPANA. The RCMP still won't release how she died because Ramona's case is still open to date. Ramona's mother had this to say about her daughter. She loved people, and she loved her culture, and she always tried to be kind to everyone. And I hope someday that, that, that they will find, they, they will solve her murder. It's also worth noting that another woman named Alberta Williams, who is also Getsan First Nation, went missing, and she was found September 25th, 1989. Brenda has stated that someone needed to know the area to dump Ramona's body there. It would be hard for someone who did not know the area to find that exact location where Ramona's body was found. All Ramona's family wants is justice, as no arrests have ever been made. Brenda hopes by helping others, she is making her sister proud. Brenda is a huge advocate for missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls, specifically on the Highway of Tears. She hopes that each case will be looked at individually and not as a group of girls in the wrong place at the wrong time. Many people are upset by the way Ramona and others have been presented in the press. Crime Stoppers aired an ad about Ramona's case. In it, Ramona was described as a young girl who skipped school from time to time. Grenke was quoted saying, what a stupid thing to say about my friend. The frequent focus on hitchhiking strikes her as besides point. There's another factor here. There's a culprit, somebody that did this to her. Brenda is quoted saying about her sister Ramona. She was a really beautiful, responsible girl that really wanted to take care of other people, especially her friends and family. She really loved life. 
and she really wanted a life for herself. As you think about Ramona's case today, I'll leave you with a poem that she wrote. As I look out to the bright blue sky this chilly autumn day, there's no way I can thank their creator, no way to repay. For the lovely sights to heart's content that he has let me see, for joys and laughter that I've lived and the love that he gave me. If you know anything about the disappearance and the murder of Ramona Wilson, I urge you to come forward. The Smithers RCMP can be reached at 250-847-3233. Or if you want your tip to remain anonymous, you can call the British Columbia Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-8477. As always, examiners, thanks for listening to my case on Ramona Wilson. I'll be back soon. My next case on Christine Heron. We're going to go back to my hometown, Owen Sound. This case has been solved, apparently, but it's been brought to my attention that many people close to Christine do not believe so. So I think that's where we're going to go next. As always, thank you.